This is the Millennial Movement Podcast, delivering you the most exclusive insights from the top entrepreneurs and influencers from around the world. Hosted by business owner and influencer, Ricky Wynn. Now on to the show. Yo, 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 what's up guys? You're announcing into the Millennial Movement Podcast. Starring your host, Ricky Wynn. Today we have a special guest on the show. He's the CEO of Sports One Marketing, one of the world's leading sports and entertainment agency. He is also a two times best-selling author, keynote speaker, David Meltzer. David, thank you for taking the time to be here today, man. To get right into it, can you open up to the audience a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do, or currently are doing at the moment? Yeah, so I'm currently the CEO of Sports One Marketing, a guy who got uh, into this position in a precarious way, proving that uh, if you trust the universe, you can manifest whatever you desire. Uh, grew up uh, one of six kids in Akron, Ohio, uh, with nothing, just the desire to be rich. Wanted to buy my mom a house and a car and ended up being the CEO of Samsung's first phone division, the PCE phone, the world's first smartphone. Retired in my 30s, met Lee Steinberg, and became the CEO of the most notable sports agency in the world. Went to law school 20 years earlier and manifested that in a weird, weird route or journey. After that, Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback, and I, who was a client and a partner at Lee's, we spun off our own agency specifically to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. So everything we do has a charitable component or cause. In the last three years, instead of building Lee's brand or Warren's brand or any of the other celebrities, athletes, and entertainers that we work with, I decided to build my own brand and started writing books. I've been a top five keynote speaker for Forbes and Entrepreneur. I'm my own TV show. Uh, with number one digital business show called Elevator Pitch, as well as a top five business podcast called The Playbook. And that's what got me there and here today. And in the interim, uh, I went bankrupt uh, before I uh, kind of made my shift in life to provide value. And I've uh, extended far beyond my dreams and my redemption by providing value and being of service. You became a millionaire nine months after law school and multimillionaire at 32. But at one point, you lost it all. What was the journey to having it and then losing it all? But also, what was the experience going through that phase like? Well, you know, uh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, what happened was, you know, I retired in my 30s, a multimillionaire, surrounded myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas, uh, which led me to not live by my principles, which is how I wrote my book, Connected to Goodness, Seven Simple Principles with Four Key Elements, a great uh, journey. And, and guide, like Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, of how to manifest everything you desire. But simply, you know, I learned the lesson uh, that instead of taking value, instead of being a manipulator, become a motivator, be of service, provide value. And uh, I rebuilt from there by waking up every morning and praying to God that he'd put 10 people in front of me that I can help, uh, meditate every morning, I think how much value that I can bring in every personal and professional aspect of my life. And I trust the universe and ask big of the universe that I'll receive everything I desire if I do for others uh, unconditionally. You know, I find a lot of things in common with you. You know, what you say, you know, in Napoleon Hill, one of his books, I'm currently reading one of his books, How to Sell Your Way Through Life. And I love what you said about believing in the universe and believing in the law of attraction. Do you think that plays a huge role in success? Because when I hear you speak, you say most of you listening won't retain the information, and you'll forget half of the things I say. Do you think if people believe in the law of attraction, people will manifest their goals more? Yeah, well, I think you got to take action, right? There's two laws. There's laws of the universe, 
And then, as John Asaroff, one of my mentors, said, right, there's laws of Goya. Get off your ass. <laughs> right? And then you need a combination of the laws of the universe, laws of intention, attraction, etc. But you got to listen to John Asaroff, uh, who clearly states the law of Goya. Get off your ass. You got to do something. And so I think I've created a great balance of, uh, you know, thinking about what you want, which becomes a possibility, becoming inspired for what you want, so it becomes a probability, a mathematical advantage over a possibility, and then taking strategy, action, awareness, and a discipline to consistently every day enjoy the persistent without quit pursuit of your potential. In other words, use the laws of the universe to become inspired and then use the laws of Goya to make it happen. <laughs> the laws of get off your ass. I'm actually going to use that more often in my everyday term. Nice. But when you say it has to be desired, you have to be persistent. Do you think a lot of people start because they're chasing money more, you know, but they're not passionate about it? Right. I don't think necessarily it's just money, right? I think people have attachment to an ends. Uh, I don't have any end. I just have mile markers, right? And I attach my passion to purpose. And then in this real world, I attach it to profitability. So, you know, what good is passion and purpose if I can't create profit from it, which gives me options in order to empower others to empower others to be happy? Those who are starting now and they do, and they found a desire to do it. What do you see the biggest mistake young entrepreneurs make when they start? And what do you see them not doing? The biggest thing that young entrepreneurs don't understand is, number one, time. Right. They don't they don't play the long game. They have no patience. They have no perspective. And it's hard because they're so young. They haven't seen things take uh, a journey. They haven't seen things take and evolve. You know, if somebody would have told me the advice on how to become the most notable uh, sports agent CEO. Right. If someone would have said, oh, this is what you do. Go sell legal research online. Go work in the wireless proxy service space. Become CEO of a phone company retire, lose everything. That's how you become the CEO of the most notable sports agency in the world. That would make no sense, especially to a young entrepreneur. So, you know, young entrepreneurs don't understand time and they don't allow things to happen and play the long game. And secondly, they don't understand ego. Young entrepreneurs have a need to be right, need to be offended, need to be separate, inferior, superior, a need for fear, a need for guilt. You know, they just don't understand to get out of your own way and allow things to happen. Be a motivator, not a manipulator. Allow things to happen, man. I love what you say that time is our biggest asset. And for young entrepreneurs, we're so egotistic and we're impatient. You know, we like to rush everything. We're not really patient about what we want to do and to think about the long-term process and the long-term vision, the long-term goal. But how can one develop the patient and understand that time is our biggest asset? Well, it comes from four things. Number one, gratitude. Gratitude will give you perspective, right? So if you can be grateful for everything that happens, all of a sudden time and ego take a different perspective. Two is forgiveness or empathy. You know, forgive yourself. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. I actually give bonuses in my office to people who make the biggest mistakes. you got to be able to do that. Three is uh, accountability. If you want a complete understanding of ego and time, you have to be accountable for everything in your life. You have to understand whatever's in your life at this time uh, it's because you attracted it and you're supposed to learn something from it. There's only lessons, right? There's only lessons. There's no failures and lessons are miracles. So if you're learning lessons, you're filling your life with miracles. And then finally, effective communication. Uh, the duality of effective communication. One, communicating with others, meaning understanding 
that we're all one and how do I connect emotionally with others? And then two, connecting to that which inspires me. So living a passionate life. Don't live a life that's not connected to that which inspires you. And when you do that through gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication, you can manifest whatever you desire and you can have a full understanding of time and ego. You know, you talk about gratitude and that you have to eliminate the egotistic ego attitude. What are you grateful for? Ah, I'm grateful for every goddamn thing. I'm grateful for everything. When I get stopped at a red light and I'm in a hurry, I'm grateful for it. When, uh, you know, I lost my father, I was grateful. Not grateful to lose him, but grateful for having him, right? When you have the right perspective in life, I'm grateful for every single thing on this earth and beyond. And that's what makes the difference in my life. It's so easy for me to tell you that I am grateful that the two magic words that change everybody's life that should be used as many times as possible, but at least once a day before you go to bed and once a day when you wake up, that's thank you. If you're not grateful, you don't get it, period. I was watching and listening to a past interview that you did and you said one of your biggest backbone that you're grateful for is that your mother. Can you explain and tell my audience what your mother provided for you you know, to be so grateful to inspire other people. Yeah. So, you know, my mom, uh, of course I'm grateful for my mom and I think everybody should be, but, uh, I'm especially grateful because of the sacrifice. My mom, uh, you know, was an unbelievable mother, a single mom with six kids, inspired them all to the Ivy leagues and how to be good people, kind people, generous people. And my mom, you know, I'm so grateful that she was so supportive and was so positive and inspired me and still does to be a better me, no matter what that was gonna be. And, and although sometimes she used Jewish guilt to get me there, I'm extremely, extremely grateful for everything she's equipped me with, not only to take care of myself, but take care of my family, my community, and now even assist me in taking care of the world. Wow, you know, listen to your story, how she inspired and motivated you is awesome. So what I want to ask you is when starting a business, do you need to create a detailed action plan? And how important is it to make sure you're following that plan? Yeah, well, if you want to make God laugh, come up with a well-developed plan. Just go ahead and set some mile markers, but allow yourself to take a different path, right? You can always have your eye on a mile marker, but don't resist what the universe is telling you. You know, it's going to give you some great ideas and great opportunities. And just because those opportunities may not seem to be aligned with your plan, they may just get you there faster than the plan that you have because there is a higher power, a higher source, and a higher higher intelligence, a higher consciousness that only wants you to have more than enough. It knows better than you. You're in its favor and you just gotta trust it. You gotta let go and let goodness come into your life. You said take risks. You know, you said take risks that the universe offer you. Whenever you're starting a new business or developing a new plan, do you ever feel scared when you have to take that leap forward? And what's your thought process when you're taking that leap, you're taking that risk to do a new business? Well, you know, I assess the risk, but I simply, you know, I don't grow too fast. Where, you know, I made mistakes in the past is leveraging, expanding, and extending myself too far, where the first step of every business that I have is to stay in business. So. If I come up with a business, I make sure it's aligned with my passion, all of my values, my foundational values, my integrity, character, honor, health, my experiential value, leveraging all the people that I know with experiences, my situational knowledge, my giving values, how much is it gonna do for others? And then finally, my receiving values, how profitable is it gonna be? And then I tie that to my passion, 
with purpose and the possible profitability and I just make sure that I stay in business every day so that I never never go out of business and I always have that lottery ticket of how is this company going to evolve into what makes it most passionate most profitable <coughs> sorry most passionate most purposeful and most profitable you know everything you went through and you learned from the past do you think those past life experience helped you and became more aware and reassured of what your business and what you're doing? Yeah, like I said, there's no failures, man. There's just lessons and lessons are miracles. So the more lessons that I learn, the more miracles are in my life. The more gratitude I have for miracles, the more that I extend and stay in the learning zone so that my learning zone becomes my comfort zone, my anxiety zone becomes my new learning zone. And when I do that, I keep expanding just like the universe. You said one of the biggest thing when talking to people is effective communication. You said when you're talking to people, you can't just speak with them, but you have to feel them emotionally as well. So whenever you're in business, how do you become a great negotiator and how do you become a great salesperson? Yeah, so in negotiation, number one, always be fair. Two, never negotiate to the last penny. Three, don't do business with dicks. But you got to connect emotionally when you're negotiating first. And you got to provide value and then you got to prioritize what's valuable to you in the negotiation and try to give the other party what's most valuable for them in exchange for what's most valuable for you. Be abundant, try to provide five times the value for anything that you ask for so that the other party can't see any reason that they wouldn't want to move forward. These are all basic ways to negotiate and basic ways to sell. It's simply about how much value can you give in order to come up with a logical conclusion of can you see any reason why you won't want to move forward? And if the answer is no, you know you're on the value justified business case. You know it's going to be successful. You know everybody that you talk to is going to say, yes, of course I'd like to move forward. You know, in business, you have to add value to them. Even for my show, it's called the Millennium Movement. You talk about you have to have a desire and passion in any field you want. How do you find and have the passion to do something? How does passion, how how big does your desire have to be for you to be successful in, you know, any industry that you want to do? You know, it's not the size of desire. It's a matter of being being passionate about what you're doing and finding purpose in what you do will give you passion. So a lot of people, you know, like I found purpose in taking the trash out. Uh, you know, I didn't like taking the trash out, but when I transferred the purpose to, uh, you know, seeing trash is giving me time to do what I wanted. Once I saw that purpose, then, then I loved taking the trash out. I was passionate about it. I still am very passionate about taking the trash out because it has a new purpose for me. It gives me a purpose of giving me time to get what I want. You say you think the universe will give you every opportunity, but you know, one of the main questions I wanted to ask you, and uh, I, I've been thinking about a lot, is, you know, are you pantheist? <laughs> because everyone I speak with, they talk about, you know, the universe and the law of attraction. And when you speak it into existence, it will happen. You know, anything that you speak into existence, it will manifest into reality. And that's what pantheism is. So, you know, why do you speak so heavily on it and how it's going to ask, are you pantheist? <laughs> so what I try to do is uh, take the parts and pieces of all philosophies and religions that make sense with me, uh, that don't have any risks to hurt me, uh, have no risks to hurt anyone else, but work for me, that, that resonate or, or inspire me. And so uh, I really have trouble labeling what I am because I'm sure there are things within... Being a pantheist that I may not 
agree with, and I know there's tons of things I do, same with Buddhism and Christianity and Judaism and Kabbalah and, you know, all types of religions and philosophies. Uh, I make it my own. Uh, you know, I uh, really believe that if it works for you and doesn't hurt anyone else, then, you know, please, if it inspires you, then you should believe in it. Um, so I, I try to stay away from dogmatic labels uh, because I don't, I don't want people... You know, it's like saying, oh, I'm a Republican. Well, you know, geez, man, do I believe every single thing the Republican Party says? You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't take my time to worry about it. Uh, so uh, on that sense, I, I'm going to just tell you that, yes, there's some things I believe <laughs> that are in all, all philosophies. Is that is that fair? <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. So my last question is, you know, the universe, you said that the universe doesn't pick and choose sides and to be abundant. Can you can you explain on that? <laughs> So the universe is abundant. It means it's enough of everything for everyone. And uh, there are no conditions or judgments in the universe, right? Most of the things that we're talking about, like time and ego, are man-made, not universe-made. And so the universe doesn't know size. It doesn't know conditions or judgments. It has enough of everything for everyone. We can't even imagine. If you look in your life at the three most miraculous things that have happened, how could you explain that if you were trying to sell it, right? If you were trying to sell it, if you're trying to sell the three most miraculous things that happened to your life, who would buy it up front? <laughs> Nobody. If I'd, if I'd sell what's happened to me three different times, the three most miraculous things in my life, because it's not natural, it's supernatural, it's the universe. And I want to be in that flow. I want to believe in that as much as I can, the stuff that nobody would believe if I told them up front really happened. Let my reality surpass your imagination. That's what I always say. Let my reality, let my reality surpass your imagination. I'm living in the supernatural, my brother. Okay, cool. So we're coming to the end of close, but thank you. You know, David, thank you for taking the time to do this. I know you're a very busy person that you have to get out here, but you know, before we go, we do a takeaway for the audience, you know, through the ups and downs and struggles that you had to go through to be where you are today, what would your one advice be to them, man? Really simple. Be kind to your future self. That simple. Just be kind to your future self. You know, everything that you do, that you touch, that you see, realize that you're being kind to your future self by throwing away the trash, putting away the, the cart, helping somebody with across the street, open the door, smiling, giving someone a hug, giving what you have to give. Be kind to your future self. That's the best piece of advice that I can give you. Awesome. Well, thank you, David, again. Thank you for taking time to be on the show. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the Millennium Movement Podcast. If you love this episode, make sure you leave a like, subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. Until next time, guys, I'm Ricky Wynn. We out. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. Doing good work that matters. That's what a career at Mantech means. From protecting our satellites in space to protecting our warfighters in the field. And we are passionate about empowering our people to be their best by providing unparalleled job mobility and offering a free bachelor's or master's degree in cyber or cloud computing. The men and women at Mantech take pride in doing the tough work that keeps our country safe. Do you have what it takes to join our team? Learn more at mantech.com careers. 
doing good work that matters. That's what a career at Mantech means. From protecting our satellites in space to protecting our warfighters in the field. And we are passionate about empowering our people to be their best by providing unparalleled job mobility and offering a free bachelor's or master's degree in cyber or cloud computing. The men and women at Mantech take pride in doing the tough work that keeps our country safe. Do you have what it takes to join our team? Learn more at mantech.com careers.